eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. We are previewing Arkansas and Texas. This is uh, a battle of former Southwest Conference rivals and soon to be Southeastern Conference rivals and joining us to talk some Razorback football, uh, the one and only Trey Biddy, publisher of the Arkansas 24-7 site. Trey, how are you doing? Good, Chip. It's good to be on with you again. Been a while. Um, yeah. Tell everyone where they can find all of your uh, all of your good stuff. And I mean, I've been reading already, but mm. uh, tell everybody where they can go, especially our annual members who have uh, VIP access to all the team sites on the 24-7 Sports Network? Yeah, you can uh, just go to hawgsports.com. Again, part of the 24-7 Sports Network and uh, read all of our content. Me, Danny West, Curtis Wilkerson, Andrew Ellis, the team at Hog Sports. So we've been at it for a long time. I've been doing it for 18 years and um, also have a podcast called Hog Sports Live, which you can check out my YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Trey Biddy. Probably be the easiest way to find it. Uh, and you can follow me at Trey Biddy on Twitter. Yeah, Trey does a great job with the Arkansas site. And as I said, Trey, I was reading all about the uh, your recap of the Arkansas Rice game. Mm -hmm. The final score was almost identical to Texas's victory over Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Arkansas beat Rice 38-17, to 17, but it they took a little different path getting there. They were down 17-7 in the second half. Um, Give us your thoughts on how that game went for Arkansas against Rice. Well, a, a really slow start for Arkansas. I think maybe a bit of a case of nerves. Uh, you know, K.J. Jefferson had some passes sail on him, some receivers dropped some passes, you know, that would have converted third downs and stuff. Uh, so there was some definitely sloppy play on the part of the offense coming out. I think they started to settle down a little bit, and a lot of that's because of the defense stepping up. The field position was uh, an issue coming after the block punt uh, in the game. and then But the defense was really solid the entire time. Uh, Jalen Catalan had two interceptions. He is a, a real weapon for Arkansas in the secondary. Uh, you've got, you know, Monteric Brown. I think Arkansas secondary is really solid and their linebackers can be solid if they could get them on the field and not targeting. They had two linebackers uh, ejected for targeting, including Grant Morgan, who is an all SEC player. He'll be back for the entire Texas game. But Bumper Poole, who had 14 tackles in that game, uh, will have to sit the first half. He's a Texas native. And then Hayden Henry came in in the second half of the game because he was ejected against Alabama last year in the last game of the season. So he had, he came into the second half. So like all three of their Arkansas's top linebackers had targeting issues. Uh, but Arkansas's offense, 
I think can be better. We've seen KJ Jefferson throw the ball better against Missouri. He had 274 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, and Arkansas didn't lose that game because of KJ Jefferson's play. Uh, he took him into the fourth quarter with a 10-point lead. They scored 15 in the fourth quarter, so that's 25 points that Missouri had to overcome in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, so we've got two real samples with K.J. Jefferson. This one, which maybe this was his worst effort ever. Maybe it wasn't, and maybe the Missouri was his best effort ever. Maybe he'll have somewhere in between, or uh, we just don't know exactly yet. But uh, they could have been a little more crisp. Obviously, Traylon Burks, who's a real weapon at wide receiver, uh, had missed two weeks of practices. <clears throat> And was a little bit rusty, but overall they put it together, and you know they did exactly what you know you would expect them to do in the end, and that's have better depth than Rice, have better athletes, more resources, and and just kind of lean on them to the end, and and then suddenly it's thirty eight seventeen. Uh, we'll get to the Arkansas defense in a minute because I think they are the they are the featured attraction of the Razorbacks right now. I think the the matchup on Saturday is Texas's offense against Arkansas's defense, but let's. Let's stay with K.J. Jefferson for a second, the sophomore quarterback. He ran effectively. I think he had a 68-yard touchdown run that was negated by a holding call. Yeah, it wasn't um, a hold, but yeah. It, yeah, questionable, <laughs> questionable call. Otherwise, yeah. he would have had 150 yards rushing. What kind of a – I mean, obviously, he was a running threat against Rice, but just talk about how dangerous his legs are mm. – um, as, as a quarterback. Yeah, and not just in the open field uh, as a runner. I mean, he can pull away from some people at 6'3", 245 pounds, uh, but he can truck some people too. He's really, really strong in the lower body. Uh, he brings uh, a dynamic that Arkansas hasn't had at quarterback since Matt Jones, really. I would say he's probably the best running quarterback Arkansas has had uh, since those days, back in 2004. So that's a long time ago. Uh, they also have another quarterback in Malik Hornsby, who you guys may be familiar with from the state of Texas, was a number 99 ranked overall prospect in the country who can really, really fly. Now, he's not going to bow over people like KJ can, but uh, he can eat up 15 yards in an instant. Uh, so they have some good quality running quarterbacks. They just have to get better passing the ball. And again, when KJ has missed, it's been my experience that he misses high. He lets the ball sail on him. Uh, it's not I guess a, a worse problem would be if he was underthrowing people all the time, but he's got good arm strength and he's got a good arm. I've seen him perform better, uh, but I think we had a case of the nerves on on Saturday, and he finally settled down a little bit. Uh, had one ill-advised interception when he probably just should have thrown the ball away, uh, but uh, he's a guy that everybody says is the funniest guy on the team. I think that's an important trait to have as a quarterback. I, I can't stand when quarterbacks are just like robotic. Uh, you got to have some character. You got to have be a guy that that players will will um, you know fall behind a leader and I think he's been that for him uh, but he's got to throw the ball better on Saturday there's no question about it uh, and at running back Traylon Smith is he was the the featured guy uh, against Rice mm -hmm. what uh, what can Texas fans expect to see from Traylon Smith well he's a really hard runner and uh, he's not very big at about 5'10", 190 pounds. Uh, he's not the kind of guy that's going to bow a pile over, but he can pop one off at any moment. Um, he's very elusive, can spin. This guy really loves football. Like, all he wants to talk about is football all the time. That's something that the past coaching staff said about him and the current one says as well. So he's a very dedicated player. Uh, they have another guy back there in Raheem Sanders who's a true freshman who goes 6'2", 228 or so uh, who can fall forward and and you know move a pile and that's something that Arkansas had trouble with last year 
is getting in third and short situations inside and shorts also and, and converting those third downs. That was a real struggle, and that's been a major point of emphasis. A guy like Raheem Sanders who can fall forward and, and get you those extra yards as a big back. And, and Smith can do that too some, but it's just not as consistent with it. He's more likely to pop one off on you. So uh, they've got a good – uh, stable of backs with him and uh, and then of course Raheem and then they've got another guy in AJ Green who was a 10 3 800 meter dash guy who's a who was a true freshman he missed a little bit of time in the spring or else we might have seen him on Saturday too but he was he was a you know a four-star prospect out of Oklahoma really highly regarded player too so we could see him also on Saturday uh, and Trey what about at receiver is there a go-to guy is there a guy who is most likely uh, to be a threat Hmm. Well, that would be Traylon Burks again. He missed about two weeks in camp with a look like a foot injury, but he is uh, an exceptional player. He may be the best wide receiver in the SEC. In fact, uh, he's if he's healthy anyway, um, which I think he is. He was out there yesterday in a green jersey. But the latest uh, Mel Kiper big board had him twelfth overall in the first round. Um, he's six three. He's got like ten inch hands. They don't make receiver gloves. That and Nike doesn't make receiver gloves that fit his hands. Eventually, his fingers pop through the end of the glove. So he's uh, he's an exceptional talent. Six three, two twenty five. He played at about two thirty three last year. They slimmed him up a little bit with Kenny Guyton, who's a new wide receivers coach. Uh, after that, Mike Woods transferred to Texas. So that's you know that was kind of unfortunate for Arkansas because they returned ten starters on offense, and you're just dropping a quarterback around ten starters, and then Mike Woods leaves uh, for Oklahoma. Uh, who, who was their second receiver. Devion Warren's probably their next guy. They've got Jaqueline Crawford, who's a transfer from Oklahoma. Um, and Warren Thompson's a guy that's played a whole lot as a transfer from Florida State, a former four-star prospect. But they've got to figure some things out there, too, uh, behind him. Uh, Keetron Jackson, who's from the state of Texas, was, um, I think, number 165 overall prospect in the country last year as a true freshman. He's been in the mix also at wide receiver, a big-bodied receiver they'd like to get going also. And they have some talent at tight end, too. I mean, Blake Kern and, and Hudson Henry uh, both played a good bit last year. Uh, you know, switched back and forth starting. We didn't really see Hudson last game, but uh, he was, uh, I think, the number five ranked tight end prospect in the country coming out a few years ago and has battled some injuries. But when he's been healthy, he's been a real weapon in the passing game also. And uh, for those interested, uh, Traylon Burks is number 16. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the guy to watch out for. Yeah. Um, number 16. Okay, so Sam Pittman, the, the head coach at Arkansas, uh, an old offensive line coach. Uh, how about the offensive line, Trey? Mm. Well, they returned five starters from last season, and four of those guys started in 2019. I think what's interesting, four of those guys started in 2019. That offensive line averaged 293 pounds per man. For some reason, Chad Morris went super small offensive linemen, which talking to them now is a source of frustration for them because they feel not only are they bigger, but they also move better. So the same four guys, you know, plus one uh, in 2019. And now that group that weighed average 293 averages 317 pounds per man, 6'6", 317. So a much bigger offensive line. That was a point of emphasis for Sam Pittman when he got to Arkansas. Um, they have had some turnover with the offensive line coach with uh, Brad Davis uh, going to LSU. He's originally from Baton Rouge. So he's gone to LSU and they elevated the tight ends coach, uh, Cody Kennedy who seems to be really well-received so far, uh, who is also a former offensive line coach before he came to Arkansas as a tight ends coach. Um, so I think they've got uh, two pros up front and Ricky Stromberg at center and then the left tackle, uh, Myron Cunningham. Uh, both those guys are really, really solid players. Ty Clary has started 
I guess probably four years off and on. Um, you know, he's a super senior, but all of those guys started last year, so you have some continuity there on the offensive line. And they weren't exceptional on Saturday. I think they they did okay, but uh, I think they're capable of better than they showed. If we're doing a, uh, uh, you know, they say you improve the most in a season from game one to game two. Where does this offense need to improve the most? A quarterback, no question about it. KJ was just uh, inaccurate. Now, he had some drops. There was a 29-yard pass to Devon Warren where he just stepped out of bounds also. Uh, there was a slant over the middle where he might have taken it 56 yards for a touchdown that Devion also uh, dropped. Traylon Burks had an uncharacteristic drop early, and uh, I believe he had actually two drops. One of them would have converted a third down. So there's some plays like that, you know, where easy drops where suddenly, you know, Kendall Browse looks like a genius, not like, oh, what's wrong with the offense? You know, uh, KJ definitely sailed some balls. He's got to get that under control. I think that's partially, you know, him trying to aim the ball a little bit, maybe a case of the nerves a little bit too, which can cause that to happen. But that, that would be the main thing. I think they got to get things short up in the passing game. The running game with the quarterback, uh, with Raheem Sanders, with Traylon Smith, that, that worked fine. The defense was really solid, I thought, uh, especially on the back end and, you know, some improved depth on the defensive line too. But I would say quarterback and receiver got to get on the same page a little better. And if they can do that, then uh, then I think it'll be a fight. All right, we'll come back with Trey Biddy, publisher of hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com, and talk about this Arkansas defense because it's a different kind of defense, a three-high safety look that you just don't see very often under Barry Odom. We'll do that next with Trey Biddy right here on the flagship podcast. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Trey, um, that Arkansas defense, they were the heroes of that game on Saturday against Rice. You mentioned Jalen Catalan, my Mm. goodness, a kid from Mansfield, Texas, who Texas was desperate to land in recruiting and lost him to the Razorbacks. Now they're going to have to face him. Um, Let's start there with, well, let's start with that 3-3-5 look that that uh, Barry Odom gives the three high safety look in and how Jalen Catalan sort of runs the show. Right. Well, we did actually didn't see a whole lot of it on Saturday because of uh, because of the style of, of football that Rice plays. They're going to you know use two tight ends and very methodical type of offense. But we saw that three three two six actually all year last year all year last year. And and you're right, Jalen Catalan does lead that group. He is the best safety that I think Arkansas has had since Ken Hamlin back in 2001, who was a longtime NFL player and wow. probably longer than that, maybe going back to Steve Atwater. Yeah, I really think that he is that good. And he just, I don't know what it is about him, but he just has a knack for finding the ball. Um, he was the first freshman uh, in the SEC since 2007 with Eric Berry last year to record at least 95 tackles and uh, and three interceptions in a season. And he did it in a shortened season SEC only and actually ended up with 99 tackles. So uh, that's pretty remarkable when you consider that. He's just a redshirt sophomore. He's a pro right now. Um, I think he is an NFL draft pick and, you know, top three rounds uh, right now. And so he really leads that secondary You've also got a guy like Miles Slusher who missed the last game. Sorry, I got an itch in my nose today. 
you also got a guy like uh, Miles Slusher, who was a, a freshman last year who played extensively. He's a really good prospect who can play all over the defense. Uh, I think you got Greg Brooks uh, at nickel, who's probably one of the more underrated players on the team. Uh, Monteric Brown, who I also think has NFL draft potential also at, at cornerback. Um, the other cornerback, Ladarius Bishop, kind of struggled on Saturday. They need to get better play out of him. They also have Joe Fouché, who's a team captain back there, along with Jalen Catalan, two team captains at safety. Simeon Blair is a good player back there, too. So the back end, I think, is really, really solid for Arkansas. In fact, I think it's one of the best in the SEC. Um, you know, the linebacker core where, you you know, usually you're going to have two linebackers out there with this defense. Uh, they are going to miss bumper pool for the first half. Grant Morgan was a first-team All-SEC player last year. Poole, I think, finished second or third in tackles per game last year in the SEC also. And Hayden Henry is a is a super senior. Uh, also, all three of those guys are seniors or super seniors. Uh, they're top three linebackers. And then the defensive front, I mean, you returned a ton of players from last year. And you, you lost Jonathan Marshall to the NFL draft. He was a senior. You lost Xavier Kelly, who was you know a guy that played a lot for you. But you added three guys in uh, Markel Utzi, a transfer from Missouri, came over, you know, obviously to continue playing with Barry Odom. Uh, Trey Williams, a transfer from Missouri also. And then John Ridgway, who missed the last game with an appendix, uh, appendicitis. And then uh, he'll be back for this when he was out practicing on Monday. Uh, but John Ridgway goes 6'6", 320, was one of the more coveted uh, transfer uh, prospects in the country. I, I believe Texas was also one of the schools that pursued him. But those three guys are listed as starters. So you return all that on the defensive line, and then you have three guys beat beat the other players out. So I think that's probably a good sign too. But the defense, I think, at Arkansas is is pretty solid overall, and and definitely it it's led by Jalen Catalan. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned, I, I said three three five three two six, and that three high safety look uh, really keeps teams from being able to, you know, mm -hmm. keep everything in front of them, make you drive the field. Uh, talk about Barry Odom's defensive philosophy. Yeah, well, uh, I think he would probably prefer, prefer to have more defensive linemen on the field. It's just that Arkansas secondary has, has been so much deeper than uh, than than the defensive line, and that's changed a little bit this year. You know, I go back to that Mississippi State game last year. Mississippi State had beaten LSU in Baton Rouge, uh, put up all kinds of like 546 or something passing yards, just ridiculous numbers against LSU, and then. Uh, Arkansas was huge underdogs. Mississippi State was suddenly ranked 16th, and the final score of that game was 21-14. And I think Arkansas had three interceptions in that one. Uh, they kept everything in front of them. They just could not figure out the 3-2-6 defense. And, uh, yeah, 21-14 final score for a Mike Leach offense is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Uh, and it worked in other games, too, against Ole Miss last year. I mean, we know about Matt Corral, preseason, first-team All-SEC. Uh, Arkansas actually had two freshmen two freshman safety – or excuse me, two freshman cornerbacks starting in that game because of injuries and COVID situations. Uh, and uh, Corral threw six interceptions in that game, and uh, including a, a couple of uh, – uh, one guy, uh, Hudson Clark, had, who's from Texas, a former walk-on who's on scholarship now, had three interceptions in that game alone. Uh, so Barry Odom, I think this defense um, – really just buys in to, to what he's teaching. He brings, obviously, that that head coach mentality. He was a huge get for Sam Pittman, and it's it's really showed up. Now, we we saw a different defense last year, the first half of the season versus the last four games, um, and part of that's running into, you know, Alabama and, uh, you know, um, some just really high high octane offenses that they that they ran into at the end of the year. Uh, LSU they were really decimated with COVID, especially on the defensive line. But overall, when you looked at this defense, the first half of the season last year, 
um, you know, with a new coordinator on, you know, and that's something to be made too. I mean, Arkansas had an entirely new coaching staff, new coordinators and stuff in a COVID year and it wasn't even able to have spring football. Uh, but I, I really think that um, they have a chance to improve as a defense versus what they were last year. And they were, they were pretty solid overall, especially the first half of the season. Yeah. I mean, bumper pool, talk about him because he had 14 tackles mm -hmm. in that game against rice before he gets called for targeting yeah. in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Texas kid, talk about what he means to that defense. Yeah, well, and they're going to miss him for the first half of this game because he got called for targeting. And, uh, Chip, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I'm 100% that it should be penalized. But throwing these kids out of a game, I mean, in football, it's so hard to stay healthy. You miss games. You got the super seniors coming back. You've had all these COVID issues. And something like this happens. And I don't know where it says in the rule book that it's only defensive players that are getting, you know, you know that can be charged with targeting because if – you know, these two players are both lowering their heads down <laughs> and clicking helmets and uh, and only the defensive guy gets thrown out. And I, I noticed like several other times where they could have called um, targeting and, and didn't call it. So it just seems like such a harsh rule for something that gets missed so much and, uh, you know, is not intent. You know, it's it's like throwing a punch and, and you, you get ejected from a game. But they're going to miss bumper pool on Saturday because, I, you know, he's going to be geeked up for it to play, uh, you know, Texas. He's from Texas. Uh, so, but he means a lot to this team. Uh, he played last year with a, uh, with broken ribs. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people knew that and wonder, you know, why he's missing tackles and stuff like that. Sometimes he would just literally like lock up and couldn't do anything. Um, so he was pretty banged up last year and still had, I think 90, uh, he might've had one over hundred tackles. He was second in the SEC in tackles per game, but he's, he's been a really good linebacker. Uh, and Grant Morgan also, uh, on the other side who missed virtually the entire game came out in the second series because of a targeting, targeting penalty, which again, he was targeting, um, should have been penalized. But, man, throwing him out for the whole game, that's that's just that's so brutal. Uh, but um, Grant Morgan is an exceptional player, a former walk-on. Um, his brother was a really good player who almost didn't go to scholarship at Arkansas also and was a late offer and played wide receiver. Uh, so the Morgans are, are pretty good players at linebacker. And then Hayden Henry also uh, coming back for his super senior season. Uh, he's the brother of Hunter Henry, who was, uh, who's in the NFL uh, with the Patriots at tight end, was drafted by San Diego. Uh, and his other brother plays tight end for Arkansas, uh, Hudson Henry, who's a, who's a really talented player too with a lot of potential. Uh, Jalen Catalan is number one. Mm -hmm. Bumper pool is number 10. Grant Morgan is number 31. Mm -hmm. um, Trey, before we get to just the aura of this game, what about Arkansas's special teams? Yeah, they've been atrocious. I mean, for years, I don't, I can't remember a stretch where Arkansas has been this bad on special teams. I can't remember seeing this many blocked punts for the, for a, an Arkansas team over the last three years, like they have had. And they had another one on Saturday, just a simple mistake, letting the outside guy, uh, it was not like he was a speed demon. He was a 245 pound in that didn't even really have to do much to block it. So they've got to improve on special teams. There's no question about that. And, uh, they punted the ball okay. Um, they did have, you know, the block, and they had one that w went bad. It, you know, the short punt was good. It went out of bounds at the five-yard line. They've got a freshman kicker in Cameron Little who made his, 30, his only attempt, the 34-yarder. Um, they haven't been electric in the return game either. I would say overall, like when you're talking offense, defense, special teams, as slow as the offense progressed on Saturday, uh, special teams are definitely bringing up the rear. They got to improve and not so much just improve to where it's like, you know, not getting a beat, but like get to a point where it's a weapon at some point where you're weaponizing special teams. And that has not been the case at Arkansas for many years now. Yeah, that's uh, such a 
such a underrated part of the game. It's one of the big, you know, big three phases of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, Texas has not been good on special teams either, but now has Jeff Banks as their special teams coordinator with two other special former special teams coordinators on their staff and Blake Gideon and Jeff Choate. And special teams was pretty good uh, in the opener against Louisiana. All right, Trey, talking to Trey Biddy, of course, publisher of hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Trey, just talk about the aura of this game. I, mm-hmm. I read where it's going to be sold out uh, for the first time since 2017 there in Fayetteville. Just talk about what this game means to Arkansas fans and what the atmosphere should be like. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, it's a night game, 6 o'clock against Texas, old Southwest Conference rival, as you mentioned. Uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be fun. Arkansas expanded the north end zone, added like 5,000 seats and suites and all that stuff. They expanded the north end zone. I guess that was before the 2018 season, but they haven't been good <laughs> since then. And then they had COVID last year. I think there might have been some opportunities for them to sell out last year because uh, fans were excited about the direction of the program, especially early on in the season when, you know, Ole Miss and Tennessee came to town. They probably could have sold it out. But they have not sold out that stadium uh, since it expanded to 76,000. And um, it should be a wild environment. I mean, People over here don't like Texas. I mean, you you probably know that. You guys deal with a lot of people like not liking Texas, but especially the older fans here, um, they just don't like Texas. No matter what you guys do, I mean, you guys could give all your money to charity, and they still find a reason to to hate you. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of that on Texas. I don't know that you know Arkansas has always kind of viewed, especially back in the Southwest Conference days, viewed Texas as their top rival, and um, you know, Texas probably viewed Arkansas as an annoyance in a, in a bit, and that's that's maybe one other reason that Arkansas uh, fans don't like Texas. So uh, you're definitely going to have that aspect of it. Um, it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be fun. Uh, Razorback Stadium is a great place to watch a football game for any Texas fan out there that's traveling to the game. Uh, it's a great experience there. It's a fun stadium. Two big jumbotrons uh, on both ends, um, an enclosed stadium. It's um, It'll be a wild environment, especially for a 6 o'clock game. Okay, Trey, what uh... – I know we're putting you on the spot, but how do you think this game plays out? Give us uh, give us a prediction. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm quite ready for a prediction. I think it's going to be closer. Uh, you know, I, I, I like reading the opposing teams' message boards and stuff like that. Uh, I think Arkansas fans are a little overly optimistic. We did a preseason poll uh, projection, and there's a lot, a huge majority of Arkansas fans picking Arkansas to win. I think it's going to be a closer game than what people think. I could see Texas possibly pulling away at the end, uh, but this isn't going to be like a 21-point Texas win or something like I've seen. Uh, it's a road game. Uh, this is an SEC environment. Uh, Arkansas is a better team than what I think people are giving them credit for. And, um, you know, if they can get some things short up on offense especially, it's not going to be like it was against Louisiana where at the end, you know, you just out-muscle them. Arkansas's got some pretty decent depth overall. Um but this will be – I think it will be a, a, a tightly contested battle. Arkansas secondary, I think, can make some plays in this game uh, against a freshman quarterback. As, as much as I like Card, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, B. John Robinson is a, is a very impressive back. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that matchup is against uh, Arkansas's defense with Texas offense. I think that's probably the key matchup. If I were just picking something right now, not my final, I might go – I might go 31-24 Texas. Okay. All right, and um, and your thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC? 
Bring it on. <laughs> I mean, uh, Arkansas has the toughest schedule in the SEC, it seems like, every year. Uh, Sam Pittman even said at SEC Media Days, it looks like they're going to three-peat. They had maybe the toughest schedule in the history of college football last year. They've got the toughest schedule in the country this year. And that's just going to continue. I mean, so it's no different to Arkansas bringing Texas and Oklahoma uh, into the conference. Um, it is not an easy road, I will say that. There's not a, there's not an easy weekend in the SEC, and that's something that we always talk about. You know, people talk about, um, you know, how good the teams are, but the money um, of, of these programs, the fan support, the stadiums, the towns, all of these things are reasons that the SEC is the best conference in college football. It's not just, um, you know, wins and losses, although that's there also. I mean, you look at the bowl records and, and, and all of these things, the history of the programs, uh, there is just not – you might get an easy week on Vanderbilt if you catch them later in the season when they've already given up. But if you catch them, Vanderbilt even early, most years, not this year, but most years, uh, that can be a tough game for you. Uh, but there's just – there's no easy environment. There's no easy weekends. There's no like, well, we can kind of take it easier, let off the gas this weekend. It's just, it's brutal in this conference, week in and week out. Is there a sense that it will be uh, four four team pods when they sort of redistrict the SEC? I mean, that's possible. I don't know why they don't just go eight and eight. I mean, I can see the pods. The only thing with the pod system is like. Do you have a playoff game to make it to the conference championship game? Like, how do you how do you work that out? That would be my only only question with that. Um, but I think it would be cool to be in a pod with Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, or Texas A and M. You know, wh- however you want to do it. Uh, but I, I th- also think it just makes sense to do to go to a nine game conference slate and 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 play. Uh, you know, eight and eight. Just do it by divisions. Well, Trey, I can't wait to get up to Fayetteville. I've been looking forward to this game since I saw it on the schedule. And have you uh, been up here yet? I, I was nowhere up to go there to eat and all that stuff in 04. So 04. no, I need to I need to get all caught up on where to go to eat and all that stuff. So I'm coming in Thursday. So Thursday, I'll, nice. I'll definitely reach out. All right, reach out, brother. Hey, and uh, thanks to Trey Biddy, publisher. Get over to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com for all the latest. And if you're not an annual member to Horns 24-7, you need to sign up 30% off, get access, VIP access to all the team sites on the premier 24-7 sports network. Uh, For Trey Biddy. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Until next time right here on the Flagship Podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.